Our sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You must say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story is still told among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was a cool and crisp morning when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary headed off to the tomb. They hadn't really wanted to get out of bed that day. There didn't really seem to be much reason to. They had been weeping and trembling in fear for the last two days. They were tired. They were scared. They were numb. They had lost all hope. All their dreams had been shattered that Friday afternoon. 
But this Jesus, whom they had come to know and love, this man whom they were sure was the one that their people had waited for so long, who would finally fulfill their people's dreams for redemption and salvation. Well, he was now gone. Murdered on a cross, buried behind a great stone. The dream was over. What would become of them now, they wondered. After all, Jesus had treated them like no one else ever had before in their patriarchal world. With him, they had truly mattered. They were somebody. But now they figured things would just go back to the way they had always been. Back to reality. And so the women got up early that Sunday morning and headed off to the cemetery. They needed to see the tomb once again to remember that it was all real. They needed to just look at it for a while, to remind themselves of everything that had happened, to to close their eyes and fly on the wings of that dream just one last time. And then they needed to know that it was all over. That tomb was their reality check. We often do this as well, don't we? When things come to an end in our lives, we tend to go and look at the memorials we keep. Certainly like these women, we often go to to cemeteries and look at gravestones. We remember the person who's buried there, their impact on our lives, the experiences we had with them. But we look at other kinds of memorials as well, don't we? Other kinds of tombstones. Maybe sometimes you look at that wedding ring that no longer has a partner on another's finger. Or maybe sometimes you go and look in that bedroom in your house that no longer has an occupant. Maybe sometimes you stare at the phone that no longer rings or the alarm clock that used to get you up for work every morning and now you wonder if you're ever going to need it again. Or maybe you sometimes like to just sit and look at photographs that that sing the images of the dream that has ended in your life. These memorials, these these tombs are our way of reminding ourselves of what is real in our lives. They are our reality check. And so like the two Marys, we go and look. Well, eventually the women made their way to the tomb, and to their dismay, it was still there. For just a moment, they held out hope beyond hope that something would have changed, that their memories had betrayed them, that it had all just been a a terrible nightmare. But their hearts sank once again as they beheld the sealed tomb. And so they settled in to just look at it for a while. But before the women could even get comfortable, their world was suddenly turned upside down because the ground began to to shake violently beneath their feet and they were blinded by a brilliant light and then there was a a loud roar as the stone was rolled away from the tomb and then with terror in their eyes, they looked up and beheld a shining white figure sitting on that stone. 
And then these two uneducated peasant women became the first to hear the good news of the gospel as the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Jesus is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Now go and tell his disciples he's risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. And so the women go running out of that cemetery filled with joy and terror all at the same time. Again, no longer sure of what is real and what is not. Their hearts filled with that great hope once again. But, but, but could it even be possible? Could this really be true? And, and what would it mean if it were? And it was as they were racing out of that cemetery and their hearts and minds were racing with these questions that they were encountered by their risen Lord. When the women saw Jesus, they immediately fell down at his feet and began worshiping him. It's almost as if their bodies did it of their own accord. After all, human beings were created to worship. That's part of what makes us human. And true worship is about recognizing reality. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate reality of God breaking into this world when we encounter that reality, when we are confronted by this word of God through whom all reality exists, everything in us is just compelled to fall down and worship. It's just the way God made us. And there's, just, there's just something in us that, that is drawn to, to truth, to, to what is real, isn't there? I mean, we, we, we crave it. This is why we... We don't like imitations. It's, it's why we like people who are genuine. It's like we like why we like going to restaurants that, that, that serve authentic cuisine. It, it's why we've become obsessed with so-called reality TV. The problem is we live in a world full of unreality. And there are so many imposters trying to fool everyone to believing that they have what is real and what is true. And the world around us is busy falling down and worshiping these imposters. Heck, even we Christians have sometimes been guilty of this as we become blind to the presence of the true God in our midst. And therefore, we've become confused about what is true and what is false, about what is real and what is not. And one of the reasons for this is that there were two competing messages that went out that Easter morning. The women, the first evangelists, spread the good news that Christ is alive. The soldiers spread lies that he was not. And to this day, much of the world has believed those lies. Heck, even we have sometimes believed them. We've become so brainwashed by this unreal world around us that sometimes we're just like those disciples on that mountain in Galilee who doubted even when they stood face to face with the risen Christ. After all, we think we've seen the sealed tomb 
That's what is real. We've seen the cancer strike. We've seen our marriage crumble. We've seen the addiction destroy. We've seen the dementia erase. We've seen the terrorists attack. We've seen the virus take over. We've seen our loved ones die. That is what's real, we think. And dead means dead, the world assures us. All else is just a fantasy. But what the Bible promises us is that the cross and the tomb are empty because Jesus Christ is risen and he is alive and he's gone ahead of us just as the angel said. And what that means is, is that every place that you go, Jesus is already there waiting for you, preparing the way. And since it is the presence of the risen Christ that makes things holy, that means every place that you now go is holy ground. Even the familiar places you go every day. So whether you are in the boardroom or the courtroom or the classroom, whether you're driving in your car or shopping for groceries or changing diapers, because of the presence of the risen Savior who is with you, you are on holy ground. We've just listened to the soldiers' lies and have become too blind to see it, leaving us afraid that we're all on our own in this life. But there is no place in your life where Jesus is not reigning as Lord of heaven and earth. Remember, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And since Jesus is the ultimate reality of God breaking into this world, that means that all times and all places and all circumstances are opportunities for worship. You see, worship... It's not just something we do here on Sunday mornings, a little escape from reality, as some people think. No, what, what we do here in church is intended to shape and define how we live every day of the week as we learn to recognize and respond to the presence of the risen Christ who is with us. In worship, we learn to look beyond the appearances of things to their true reality. In worship, we are reminded of the truth and our eyes are trained to see the holiness of God in our midst that we might carry that vision with us as we follow Jesus out into the world. Now, Craig Barnes writes that one of the, the main reasons people become discouraged with their lives is that they assume that life is only a matter of what they can see. And the world insists that all there is to see is a sealed tomb. And hoping for anything more is just pure fantasy, wishful thinking. But worship, worship is our true reality check. For this is where we come to be reminded of the truth once again, to have our hearts and minds brought back into line with what is really real after they've been distorted by the world's lies throughout the week. 
For here in worship, we, we hear the angel proclaim the good news once again, and we stand there beside the women, and we see the truth that the tomb indeed is empty, that the risen Savior is with us, and therefore every place in our lives is now holy ground. And that means that there is always a reason for hope. As you all know, yesterday was the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks on our country. That day was an enormous reality check for all of us. As it shattered so many of our naive illusions, making it very clear that we were not nearly as safe and as invulnerable and as God-protected as some people thought we were. Many people and many dreams died that day in western Pennsylvania, in Washington, D.C., and in New York City, where Rebecca and I lived at the time. And over the course of this weekend, I'm sure that just about everybody in our country, whether in person or on TV or just in their minds, will go and look at that tomb known as Ground Zero searing into our brains once again memories of that seemingly God-forsaken day, assuring us that nothing will ever be the same again. But is 9-11 the ultimate reality in our lives? That terrorists attack and buildings fall and people die? Is that the end of the story? That's certainly the tale that the soldiers spread about Jesus, that the story was over, that the dream was dead. But when the Twin Towers come crashing down in your life, and at some point they will, whether it be your marriage or your job or your health or your family or a pandemic, who are you going to believe? Will you believe the soldiers whose tale was spun out of greed and self-interest and fear? Like so many of the talking heads we see on TV these days? Or will you believe the angel who told the women, who told the disciples, who each told another, who told another, who told another, until one day somebody told you, which is why you are sitting here in worship today. And when you leave this place and go out into the world, there will be much that denies the lordship of Jesus Christ. Much that denies that he is risen and reigning and at work in your life. Much that insists that everything that goes on here is just wishful thinking, pure fantasy. Don't you believe it. Nothing you do this week will be more real than what we are doing here right now as we worship the one true living God. For here, like the women, we learn to see the reality that the risen Christ is with us. And therefore, whether you're standing in the sanctuary or your office, whether you're in the grocery store or the family room or the playground, whether you're in the maternity ward or the cemetery, even if you're standing at ground zero, 
You are on holy ground because the risen Savior is there with you, continuing to bring new life out of death. So do not be afraid when it appears that the story in your life is over, that the dream is dead. Come back to worship and take another look at the tomb and you will see that the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty and therefore nothing will ever be the same again, but not because of the terrible events of 9-11 or COVID-19 or any other tragedy, but because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and he has gone ahead of you. And there is not a power in all of creation, not even the forces of hell, that can separate you from the earth-shattering, death-conquering love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So keep your eyes open. Because there's just no telling what might happen in your life with a risen Savior on the loose. Amen.